0: have kids they said it will be fun they said who the heck are they anyway as moms we sacrifice a lot for our families our time our health our wallets our identity friendships personal care and of course our beloved sleep motherhood is a crazy ride one that is not meant to be braved alone it takes a village right well your village is here i'm your host sabrina greer and every week i'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, Mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. And I am so pumped today because I have one of my favorite human beings on the planet, a speaker at our upcoming retreat and new friend. I have Lise Wilcox here with me today. Hi. Hi. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to have you. Okay. So I'm going to introduce you and then we're going to dive right in. So let's get started here. Okay. So Lise Wilcox is a professional human and real life adult. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who helps women find clarity in what they want, confidence in who they are, and courage to stay true to both a passionate speaker, writer, coach, podcast host, taco enthusiast, and a fellow mom of 3. Her entire experience has been about coming home to her truest self and to call herself beloved. Oh, I love that. So, welcome. <laughs> Thank welcome, you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh we're going to get to know you pretty well during this episode. So, we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to dive deep because I think everything that you're doing is just so incredible and yeah I'm just excited to have thank you here, here. so yay. thank you I Finally. Was gonna say, and going <laughs> deep is the only way
1: it's the it only is. way
0: <laughs> it is so I'd love for you to start by you know telling me a little bit more about what you do I know that you've sort of coined this process called emotional alchemy mm-hmm. and you know I'd love for you to explain to our listeners what that what that is what does that look like what does that mean and sure. you know why is this important
1: that's a great place to start because a lot of the work that I do really is focused, I think all of the work that I do is focused around really giving people permission to be themselves. And that sounds very simple, and it is, it's also incredibly complicated. Because if you think of all the baggage we pick up along the way, all the stories we hear about ourselves that are not true, that we come to believe is true, it really affects us or can affect us well into our adult years. So for me, looking back at my own life, I looked back and I was like, there's been so much, there has been so much stuff that has happened that seems like it should tank a person and really push them. I'm gonna be very dramatic and say, like into the pit of despair. Like we all pick up so much stuff that is just unfair and shouldn't have happened, but did. And it's ours to make sense of, or it's ours to carry around for the rest of our life. And for me, who is like, you know, at my core, a relentless optimist, I didn't want to carry everybody else's weight around with me and I didn't want to carry around those feelings of like, it's so unfair and I can't believe this happened. So instead, I found myself naturally finding a way of transforming these old, dark, heavy, ugly experiences that sucked and transmuting them into something really beautiful and uniquely my own. And I think that I have done that through my entire life, but it was really poignant and incredibly pronounced for me when in the last couple of years, I can't even keep track of the dates now, but (laughs) a a very recent fresh experience, when I went through the experience of having breast cancer, the treatment for which required a double mastectomy and four months of aggressive chemotherapy. It It was that experience that was like this really like come to Jesus aha moment of, oh my gosh, this is happening, I can't deny it, I can't control it, so what can I do? I can control how I'm reacting to it. So suddenly I found a way of taking this horrible experience or quote unquote horrible experience and really making it beautiful and really making it my own. And then I looked back at anything else that had happened in my life from trauma and childhood through like a really, really painful divorce and using those same principles uh, and, and looking at how with just a simple mindset shift, you really can make those ugly, uncomfortable experiences have better meaning and really purposeful meaning in your life moving forward.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's so powerful. And I I love that so much because it really is, you know, taking our experiences as lessons to step into our, the greatest version of ourselves, because it's true. We can't control our surroundings. Mm -hmm. We can't necessarily, we can't control the things that happen to Mm -hmm. us, Mm -hmm. but we can control how we react how we act accordingly. You know, it's, I always say to my clients and my people, it's like, everything is a choice. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have the choice to react how we want to react to something. We can sit and have a pity party. You know, we can cry all day. And I'm, I never want to tell people not to feel their feelings because I think there's definitely power in you know feeling them even if that takes a day of sitting mm-hmm. in a pity party and you know letting it happen and wash around you but it it's not productive to stay there
1: no and and that's the real slippery slope because you know again like i do so much emotional freedom work with people through through writing through coaching through speaking through podcasting through whatever through If I meet with the grocery store and we end up in a conversation, I almost guarantee this is what it's going to come down to. It's like, this is my life. Um, But it's really having this awareness around naming your feelings is so empowering because you can then, you don't feel, you feel less overwhelmed by it. You know, those real heavy emotions like loneliness, rejection, resentment, jealousy, anger, they're so uncomfortable uncomfortable because they're so heavy and giving yourself the permission and the safe the safe space to be like okay this is what jealousy feels like oh there's that pang of loneliness to be able to name it and be able to sit in it is so powerful because it shifts you back into the driver's seat and being like okay this is just a feeling so why am I feeling jealousy? Why am I feeling anger? Where is this maybe coming from? Can I get self-aware enough to the point that I am able to see, oh, there's that trigger again. There's that vulnerability that makes me feel this way. And then let me take a look at, am I actually safe in my current emotional environment or am I actually at threat? And you can start to then recalibrate your state of mind from there, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. So would you say the work that you do and and emotional alchemy is a lot about self-awareness then?
1: A lot of it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's self-awareness. It's self-love. It's true self-acceptance. I don't think that we talk enough about how interrelated those are. Like, it's very easy to hop on Instagram and be like, all you have to do is love yourself guys. Like it's hashtag (laughs) self-care Sunday. And it's like, no, it's, this is real. Like there's so much more to it than that. And real self-love is truly accepting that you are enough. Exactly as you are, and that's that can be hard to get your mind wrapped around because for many of us, and I would argue most of us, there is this pervasive messaging throughout the rest of our lives that that's not true. You know, we're constantly being marketed to that you are not enough, you don't have enough. Maybe our parents have told us like, well, you didn't meet my expectations for this reason or that reason. Partners we have might put their own you know perception of what how they see us to be on us, and we start to internalize. All this heaviness that, you know, then it comes down to choice. Am I going to keep hanging on to that or am I going to let it go? The problem is at a subconscious level, when we, when we really identify with what our truth is, our brain wants to keep us in that truth. So even if it's negative or toxic or unhealthy, if that has been our truth, our brain is going to do whatever it takes to preserve that as truth so then we start almost attracting worse partners and worse situations and worse opportunities that keep confirming all that nastiness and heaviness to be true until we consciously decide to look for good and look for better and change that narrative internally so that we can change that narrative externally like nothing changes until nothing changes
0: right well, and that's that's the pivotal moment right is is Choosing to change because yeah. change change is uncomfortable. Yeah, in any any facet of life, yeah. it's uncomfortable when it comes to relationships. Walking away from yeah. relationships, getting into new relationships, it's uncomfortable when it comes to parenting. Yeah. You know, any changes. You know, there's all these phases and mm-hmm. stages and things going on. You and I before this recording, (laughs) we were talking about, you know, the kids being home, there's all these strikes with the school. Like that's a big change, not Mm -hmm. just for us as parents, but for these kids Mm -hmm. too, right? Mm -hmm. So how would you say as a mom of three, right? That's Mm -hmm. hardcore. I know, (laughs) Um, you know, being a mom of one is hardcore in itself. It's like having three, everyone always thinks like, oh, they entertain each other. Well, Mm -hmm. not always. (laughs) Um, So how would you, how would you apply this sort of principle to your parenting like how do you find i i feel like children are sometimes better at expressing their emotions mm-hmm. and explaining their emotions because they don't have yet the the traumas and the yeah. you know societal struggles that we have as adults with the world yeah but of course you know how, how do you What am I trying to ask? As a parent, Mm -hmm. how do you implement your teaching strategies with your children? And how would you suggest to our listeners that, you know, they can sort of do the same? This
1: is a great question. And I'm going to give you a great answer because I have my, my initial career was in Montessori education. So I had like a trial run of like three or 400 kids (laughs) before I had my own kids. So it's like, I came from a really good place when I started out, you know, when I started my family. Uh, But the other really cool parallel for me is that because of the work that I've done personally and professionally, and the work that I continue to do with my clients, with my audience, is that I'm like working with kids at the, you know, quote unquote, end of their childhood, let's say, that's kind of a bad way of saying it. But if I'm working with women who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, I can see those like, end those midlife results of what exactly happened when they were kids so i have that perspective of like oh here we go i keep hearing all this consistent messaging from the women that i'm working with while i'm parenting my own kids and through my own lens my own experience my own my own background so what's so interesting to me again coming from this place of like emotional freedom emotional awareness um is that as parents innocently enough and like with all of our best intentions we mess it up so often you know things <laughs> yeah. like our kids get hurt and i'm not i'm not you know guilt free in this either but our kids get hurt and we're like no hush hush, hush it's okay put those tears mm-hmm. away you're gonna be fine instead of like we're like teaching them actively not to express their feelings because we're like here actually i'm gonna tell you how you're feeling and how you're feeling is fine so on yeah. you go you know you're not
0: you're not bleeding so you're good <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not
1: blood bones or barf <laughs>
0: Right. See you later.
1: Um, and you know, the other thing too, can be, um, oh, it's another great example. Um, apologizing, you know, the pendulum shifts all over, It swings all over the place. Right. And we're like, while we're trying to raise empathetic children, compassionate children, we're like, no, you have to say sorry. And they're like, but I'm not sorry. We're like, well, you better be sorry. You should feel sorry. When really they're like, I'm actually not sorry. Cause what I did in the moment was a hundred percent justified to my, you know, Irrational child brain. So being very conscious of that. I feel as a parent, I I'm able to show up and Really constantly drive home the messaging for my kids that you have a voice, you know what you have to say matters and literally never too busy to hear what you have to say and express how you have to say it. Um, And we go from there and you know, I'm raising a house of all girls. I currently am unmarried. And so it really is. It's like this little group of women all the time here. And it's such a beautiful dynamic because of that. Because there's such an open, honest, communicative exchange of exactly what people are thinking and feeling. And it's like, it is like next level communication
0: here. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really So cool. I have three boys. Yes. It's, it's not like that over yes. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I am actively trying to raise, you know, empathetic and intuitive, strong young men that, you know, it's, it is okay to express your emotions. It is okay to cry. It is okay to be sensitive. Sensitive is not a swear word around here. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my 13 year old, and he just told me this morning that some of his friends actually listen to my podcast. So Uh I'll be very, very (laughs) careful about what I actually say. But, you know, he is very emotional. He is very, yeah. you know, quote unquote sensitive. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing because totally. he does express himself. He's very open with us, which I mm-hmm. think is a wonderful thing having a 13-year-old mm-hmm. son. Um, that's a, that is is such a gift. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. and And I do feel like part of that, of course, some is, you know, nature versus nurture. Some of it yeah. is innate inside of him who he is. But yeah. I also think we've, encouraged that behavior and mm-hmm. we've fostered the development of that behavior just from being open too because yeah. a lot of a lot of parenting is you know you can't do as I say not as I do I you have to you have to practice what you preach and mm-hmm. be invested in your value system to allow them <laughs> to grow into you know discover their own values yes. but also like good values strong values well
1: and that's that's the thing right is that if you add if you do like a random survey of people random sampling of people and ask them what they really want like what's really important to them i'd be willing to bet that a lot of them have some iteration of the following that they want to be seen and heard they want to know that they are valued for who they are. They want the freedom, the permission to really just be themselves without feeling like they have to please anybody else without the fear of disappointing anybody else. Like that, that's a, they want to feel like they belong, but they want to feel accepted and belonging for who they are as a person. That's universal. Those are universal traits of the human experience. So, you know, I have to ask myself why when if that is true for all of us, when it shifts to our parenting, why would we create these weird false expectations that our kids live up to our dream, that they have to play soccer because we played soccer. You know, they have to be in the play, school play because we played in the school play. They have to have a hundred friends because it's really important to us that they have a hundred friends. It's like, no, stop. Yeah. You want to be seen and heard for being you and accepted for being you. And so do your children, yeah. period. So it's like, just backtrack a little bit, slow down a little bit, And really listen and listen to and observe your children for who they are as people because like, I think that we kind of lose sight in this, again, in this human experience that we're each here for a specific purpose and a specific reason, you know, yes, we come together in these little physical, family groupings, but that doesn't mean that I'm passing on all of my genetics to my children. They come in with their own soul, their own plan, their own agenda. I have, I have identical twin girls, right? And I can tell you straight up, like nurture nature, it's real. They're, they could not be more different, even though they look very, very, very similar. Um, they're born at the same time, et cetera. They have these two uniquely beautiful purpose-driven souls, with a totally different plan. And it's fascinating to watch and celebrate. And that's the key is that like, your kids don't have to be who you think they are, as long as you're raising them in a way that teaches them to be part of the group in a really healthy, functional, loving, compassionate way, that's it. Like you've kind of done your job, the rest is up to them to figure out. So knowing what those really core values are, what it means to be a good person, um, how to treat people with the kindness and respect that every single human deserves, what do they do with that experience? How do they make that uniquely their
0: own, right? Yeah. No, I love that. And I think our children are our biggest teachers too. Mm-hmm. And That's a tough pill to swallow for some people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're constantly evolving and pivoting and shifting mm-hmm. and learning from them. And so often they're the mirror mm-hmm. that we see ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we don't always like what we see in that mirror right so it's yeah i think it's it's definitely a delicate balance of you know helping them by providing them the tools and the safety to mm-hmm. to grow within within that protected mm-hmm. area without over protecting and yeah. you know i i love the term it's i think it was a new york times article i read about snowplow parenting yeah where you just like clear the way yeah no struggles no yeah. no difficulties and then alternative to that, there's like helicopter parenting where you're like, ah, just like hovering over them constantly. So yeah, it's parenting is hard.
1: (laughs) Well, and we have this for some, and my kids and I talk about this all the time, but, um, there is this adult rush. Like we want to rush our kids through their childhood. We want to give them all the experiences. We want to show them all the movies. We want to teach them all the songs that we like to like, so they can be cool. And it's like, no, they don't need any of that. What they need is time to explore time to be seen, time to be appreciated, time to do nothing. Oh my gosh, time to get bored and time to figure out what happens when they get bored. Like when we talk about, we want to give our kids the best experience. That's literally the best experience we can give our kids is this gift of time to figure things out. And, you know, Figure out what it's like to free play because it's through those experiences that they start to create their own reality. It's through those experiences where they really get a sense of, you know, what does working together look like? What does conflict resolution look like? What does empathy and compassion really look like? So that when we cycle back to or circle back to when we're talking about it from an adult perspective, we want to give them all those experiences that we didn't necessarily get through simply figuring it out in a way where they are supported and held and guided safely, but at the same time, just letting them also be kids for yes. as
0: long as, as possible. possible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I love that. Cause like I said, having a 13 year old, how old are your kids by the way? Seven, seven and nine. Seven, seven, nine. Yeah. yeah. So 13 is a whole other monster. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you're providing the right tools now because, yeah. you know, teenage girls, I remember being one. Yeah, <laughs> um, But yeah, it's, it's great to have that open communication, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a different monster. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes on in, in the head of a teenager and we're mm-hmm. living in a different world now where there's so many influences. There's so many outside influences that we can't possibly control and Mm -hmm. we can't protect from all of them. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said, you know, keeping them a a kid as long as possible. There's like another delicate balance of, you know, innocence versus being naive. And, you know, somewhere in between is that like perfect little bubble (laughs) where we want to completely agree. Yeah. And you know,
1: this, our kids are our kids forever, but Their childhood is so fleeting and it's so short that I'm just like, don't, don't share that music with them. You know, like you might think it's cool, but they don't need the context of what that music really means. You know, we want to share the nostalgia of watching the movies that we grew up with. The movies that we grew up with are 100% misogyny. Like watch any movie that we watched in the nineties and we might not have seen it, but they know better now and they can, they can see it differently now. And it's like, so don't show them that just because it's nice to you. doesn't mean it's nice. For them. And it's like, I don't know, for me, it's, it's so simple. And we get, I think it was, I think it's, I think it was Nora Ephron in her book, referred to, um, you know, the days before parenting with a capital P. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. go back to the days of parenting before it was like a capital P thing. Like we overcomplicate it so yeah. much and we lose mm-hmm. sight of all the stuff we already know to be true and giving them like, the human skills that we know they need to have.
0: Yes. I love that. So that brings me to, you know, you call yourself a professional human Mm -hmm. and a real life adult, which I absolutely adore (laughs) because I think like it's, it's so simple yet. So complex, as you said before, you know, it's like this human experience that we're all going through, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so complicated and so crazy. So I just love to hear a little bit more about, you know, you on a, you know, human real life adult level, you know, who, who is least and what, why are you a professional human? <laughs> what, makes, what makes you a professional human?
1: I have so much drive and I do so many things. I wear so many hats that I was like, well, that really starts to dilute my brand. Like from a marketing strategy perspective, I was like, I can't say that I do this and that, and that, even though it's all true. And I was like, What's the unifying factor in, in how Lise Wilcox like shows up in the world? And it is, it's that I'm a professional human. I feel like my job is to quietly observe the human experience that we are all having. I'm a super emotional person. For years grew up believing that was a terrible thing, was judged for it, was chastised for it, was taught to repress it. Spoiler alert, that doesn't work. It's <laughs> like, you know, like you actually have to feel your feelings. But um just casually and quietly observing this human experience and processing it in a different way that makes it like very palatable. Cause we are, you know, you probably know this from your own work too, but we are all having the same experience yes. and we all think we're experiencing it in isolation. And so that's where we get these terrible feelings of shame and of self-judgment and, you know, needing to hide and really pretend and fake it. Well, and when do you know? Then we get imposter syndrome. It's like, that's right, because most of us are imposters because we're living in a way that is entirely disingenuous to who we are. And then we got to get the posters and then we got to get the memes. And it's like, no, all we actually have to do is start being ourselves. And, you know, on a global level, to me, it's like there's the, the world looks like it's falling apart. The world has looked like it's been falling apart yes. for, since the world's inception. You know, my grandparents grew up through World War II, and I just reread a letter that my grandfather wrote to me when I was in high school about his account of what it was like to live in Holland during the war. And I'm like, we don't know oh, hardship. Wow. Like our crisis as, is of self-actualization. Like what a luxury that we have that we are constantly stuck figuring out who we are because that's how lucky we are that we're not worried about our survival for in, in the most part. But you know, going back taking this experience that we're all having and making it known across all these like multimedia platforms that I'm on, that you're not alone in this, that Mm. all you have to do is be yourself. And when you are yourself and I am myself and he's himself over there and she's herself over there and everybody is living in this flow, this alignment to what is true and good and right for them, that has massive ripple effects. So no, can I control what's happening in the U S right now? I I have zero control over that, but I can live in such a way and parent and raise my children in such a way and coach my clients and, you know, engage with an audience in such a way that ideally inspires people to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And I have to believe that, you know, that is its own critical mass, that when more and more people start living from this place of just, you know what? I am who I am and that's enough for me that we can live from that place that it really does create this like cascade effect that we all start to do better for the right reasons, not because, you know, we want to victimize somebody else or strip power away from somebody else or take advantage of anybody else. We just want to be who we are, do what is right and live in a way that feels really good and true for us.
0: Like yeah. it is that simple, it is that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, so true. And and that's life, right? It's mm-hmm. so simple, yet so complicated, but it really is, again, a choice. Mm-hmm. Do you choose to make it simple yeah. by following those simple principles and living yeah. in a state of joy and you know choosing to be happy and choosing to do the right thing and choosing to be kind? Mm-hmm. Or do you choose... <laughs> to live in a state of complexity where everything is confusing and everything is hard. And we're running around comparing our hardships, like wondering whose life is harder. And you know, what's, it's it's crazy.
1: You got to fight back when somebody wronged you. It's like these principles are so simple. And you know, when you asked who I am as a person, I think that really like plain and simply, I am the parent I never got, you know, Mm -hmm. I am the parent that I never had. And so my choice was, has been to, like, well, I'm gonna be the adult that, like, this inner child needed so desperately for, like, so long and didn't have. And, you know, flipping that on its head, it's like, okay, well, then I'm just gonna be that person, and I'm gonna be that person for me, and I'm gonna be that person for each of my kids as, as um, individuals, and I'm gonna be that person for every single person I come into contact with. So it's like, I can feel like some of my work as a professional human and this real life adult. Is this like late onset mothering that you know? I hope to provide a lot of nurturing and a lot of encouragement in a very truthful and genuine way, like not a hype squad kind of way, but in a real like, you know, here's what the facts are, and here's how I can support you, and here's how you're already doing what you need to do. Here's how I can help you see how great you already are, and here's how I can like help you push that to the next version of yourself. For yeah. example, um,
0: kind of for everybody I come in contact with. I love that. And that's such an important message because I think as parents now, you know, mm-hmm. especially new parents, you know, we want to give our children the experiences that we mm-hmm. never had as a child which mm-hmm. we we sometimes relate to financial experiences, mm-hmm. travel, you know, the things, the material things that we yeah. never had, the big house and the fancy cars and mm-hmm. really at the end of the day what you said is just so profound. Be the person mm-hmm that you wish you had as a Mm -hmm. child and maybe you had incredible parents that were very supportive and amazing. That's okay. Be that then. Yes. You can still just be that. Right. Exactly.
1: Great. You already have an example, like a prototype to work off of. Right. Yeah. Um, No. One of my favorite things to say, like one of my favorite encapsulations of this is that, um, Oh now I obviously can't think about it.
0: <laughs> it's like, excuse
1: me. Uh, We don't, we don't want the thing. We want the feeling that we think the thing is going to give us. And so if you think yes. like, well, I've got to have a million bucks and I got to have this like a mega house because then I will feel free and successful and joy and valued. It's like, So no, you don't want a house. A house isn't going to get you there. What you want is the feeling of freedom and of joy and of being valued. So then how, right now, can you create that feeling of freedom and of joy and of being valued exactly where you are? And when you start to cultivate those feelings right here, right now, internally, because this is an inside job. Then your external environment starts to change around you, and we've got it wrong. We're like reaching for all this material stuff, hoping that it's going to change us inside, but that's a fallacy. We have to change inside so that we can actually start to affect our external environment and feel the way we want to feel, like no matter what.
0: Mic drop. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> that- <laughs> If, if you took nothing else out of that conversation, there you go. There you go, people. That is it. Boom. No, I think that's so, such beautiful messaging. Thank you. I think that's just amazing because it's so true. It's so true. And it is that simple.
1: Yeah. It's 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 almost like, and I have, struggle is not the right word, but it has really challenged me while I've been growing my own business because I'm sitting here being like, this is totally not sexy. This is totally not sellable to be like, hey guys, um, you already have everything you need inside you right now. It's like, Ooh, where's the free giveaway? <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, and I've just really started to carve up my own niche of being very, very honest and very genuine about like, you have exactly what you need. Please let me be the person who will help you see that. In case you didn't have that person growing up who could show you that, like, let me do this for you and with you now so that you can kind of just carry on and do what you're meant to do.
0: Yeah. And I think that's exactly what this whole like surgence of coaches and the coaching business and coaching world has come from is coaches us both being coaches. And, you know, I work with a lot of coaches. I have a coach. I have a business coach. I have a life coach, you know, coaches need coaches. There's just, (laughs) 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 it all boils down to, we all just need support because we're not alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, if you don't have a a village and, you know, Mm -hmm. support within your own community, you know, sometimes you have to pay for support and that's, and that's okay. You know, because a coach is there to guide you and, help you pull the tools out of yourself. Yes. And I always say I've had some clients who I'm like, no honey, you need a therapist, not a coach. Yes. You yes. know, a therapist, a therapist is more equipped to give you tools that maybe you don't have inside mm-hmm. of you. A coach is is someone meant to guide you and mm-hmm. help you see that it's all there. It's already mm-hmm. all there.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: I, I think that's that's important messaging too. So where can we find you? Where are we going to see you? I know you have a bunch of things going on this year. Um, you know, for our listeners who are like, oh my gosh, I, I don't want this episode to ever end. I just need more of Lise. Where is she? Well, um, you're in luck,
1: listeners, because just for you, um, this is a big year, really, big year. really big year. So I'm speaking at your incredible retreat coming up in March, which I think is March. like, it's like, like a a, month exactly today. a month today. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm going to be um, speaking at a three-day retreat uh, in the woods. It's like at a, a cabin through Cabinscape, which is going to be a whole weekend of coaching. Um, co-authoring a book that you might know of. I'm writing my own solo book to call myself Beloved, which comes out in October. Um, my website is leeswilcox.ca i write every day with like super high value high impact content on instagram at leeswilcox nice um you my <laughs> podcast same name to call myself the It, the podcast with with lees wilcox so it good. feels it feels like therapy but it's like it's so i can't describe it it feels like having like a therapist on the speed dial in your pocket just with you driving to work every day. It's very comforting. So it is lots of places. I I can attest to that.
0: (laughs) I'm going to put 100% of everything that you've shared with us today, as well as all the links to everything that you have going on right now, uh, in the show notes. So our listeners can track you down, but if you want to see these in a real life, (laughs) a real human in real life, uh, come to the boss mama retreat, it's March 7th. It's, you know, if you're not in Ontario, Canada. Then uh, we will have some recaps that'll be available online after after the event. But definitely, if you're local, come, come, come to this cannot miss event. It is going to be magical, transformational, completely epic, and we would love to see you there. Oh, and
1: I love how you're adopting—not adopting—how you're really including this embracing of Canadian winter to make it this like yes. really you know, internal experience and exter- external experience by just going and really getting the best for both both selves.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I was always somebody who despised winter and mm-hmm. I'd run away from it. I lived in South Africa for a long time during winter months and I traveled all the time. Uh, you know, just the beauty and the serenity of not being in a stuffy city mm-hmm. <laughs> outside, yeah. like rural Ontario in the winter is magical.
1: It is. I know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, at least thank you so, so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. And I, I can't wait for this to air. And yeah, just thanks everyone for tuning in. Hey mama, I see you. You're overwhelmed. You're feeling the weight of the invisible mother load. You're tired. I'm Sabrina Greer and I'm a clarity coach and motivational speaker for moms. I can't even begin to tell you how many of my clients say, well, I'm just a mom, insinuating that somehow they have to stop at that. They aren't good enough, strong enough, brave enough, worthy enough for more. Maybe time is your crutch. Money, resources, help. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to pick sides. You can be an amazing mom and live the life of your dreams too. Whether it's a blog, a business, a podcast, that book you've been wanting to write, perhaps you don't even know just yet. This 12 week program will help you discover or reignite your innermost passions and give you a blueprint for stepping into your next level self without jeopardizing your family. Learn how to create and design the life of your dreams in the pockets of time we have amidst the chaos of motherhood. I'm here to tell you, you are more, than just a mom.